uh, 8.13 for just a minute. This scripture, and we'll get on to some others. This is a challenge. There was a centurion, had a sick person, and he was asking Jesus to go uh, heal him. And Jesus said, okay, I'll come. And the man told him, he said, I'm not worthy for you to come under my roof. You just say the word and it'll be done. And that's when Jesus said, I haven't found such great faith. So let me tell you to focus this morning. Focus on what you need to believe God to do. Because Jesus said to the centurion, go. And it shall be done for you as you have believed. And the servant was healed that very moment. Now whatever you're believing for, get your heart on the Lord. And get focused. And if you think you don't ever hear from God, you're going to hear from God. You just focus on that. Believe God. You know, there's over... Uh, 322 Old Testament prophecies proclaiming that Jesus would come. 322. And uh, most of them have been fulfilled. 322. We can look at a couple of them. Look, put that scripture up in uh, Isaiah 7. Here, I'll just show you a couple of easy ones that you know about. Isaiah prophesied, The Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, a virgin will be with child and bear a son, and she will call his name Emmanuel. Has that one been fulfilled? That one's been fulfilled. And you know, uh, one of my favorites is in Isaiah 9. For a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders and it's still resting on his shoulders today may not look like it but it is he's still got this government thing and on his shoulders and his name will be called wonderful counselor mighty god eternal father the prince of peace and there will be no end to the increase of his governmental peace on the throne of david and over his kingdom to establish it with justice and righteousness from then on and forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts. That's God himself will accomplish this. Amen. Now he's the Alpha and Omega. He's the beginning the end. He doesn't start something not to finish it. And he's going to finish this in the government thing. And there's another scripture. We won't put it up as Philippians 2.13. This says, for it is God who is at work in you. That's you. That's me. To will and work for his good pleasure. Just swallow that and believe it. That God's working in you to will and work for his good pleasure. Even those times when it doesn't seem like it uh, might be working out just the way I wanted it to or just the way you wanted it to. But that's, uh, that's the way he does things. 
Lord, I just thank you that your spirit's moving in this place this morning. Every need, as we believe, as we believe, it's being done unto us. So, Lord, we're in a receiving mode to receive from you this morning. Lord, I say, I've seen miracles in here. We're all a miracle in some way. If we had time, I could tell you stories about, get, give most of your testimonies about things you've walked through. Here's a story of a lady, it was a very young lady, and her husband got his hands burned off in the 70s. Worked through things. I mean, you've all got a story. We've all got a story. We've all had a tragedy. But he's not finished with us. We're his idea. We're indestructible until he gets through with us if we'll still go his way. If we'll stay under the shadow of the Almighty. He who dwells in the secret place. I said, Lord, where's that secret place? I'm going to live in that secret place. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High will abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Where's that secret place? God's not working in your life? Find that secret place. He takes care of His. My dad's the only dad I ever knew that whipped a neighbor's kids. That boy wished he hadn't stayed all night with us that night. But, but God is a good God. He takes care of His kids. But we've got to stay in that secret place. Oh, God, you're so good. Let me read you a little bit out of um, Luke chapter 2. <clears throat> I'm going to see if I can just read through this. During those days, the Roman emperor Caesar Augusta ordered that the first census be taken throughout his empire. Quinarius was the governor of Syria at that time, and everyone had to travel to the hometown of their family to complete the mandatory census. So Joseph and his wife, Mary, left Nazareth, a village in Galilee, and journeyed to their hometown in Judea to the village of Bethlehem, King David's ancient home. They were required to register there since they were both direct descendants of David. Mary was pregnant and nearly ready to give birth. When they arrived in Bethlehem, Mary went into labor. And there she gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped the newborn baby in strips of cloth, and Mary and Joseph laid him in a feeding trough since there was no available space in any upper room in the village. That night in a field near Bethlehem, shepherds were watching over their flocks. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared in radiant splendor before them. Lord, send your ministering angels here this morning. We call them in. Lighting up the field with the blazing glory of God, and the shepherds were terrified. But the angels reassured them, saying, Don't be afraid. For I've come to bring you good news, the most joyous news the world has ever heard. And it is for everyone, everywhere. For today in Bethlehem, a rescuer was born for you. He is the Lord Yahweh, the Messiah. 
you will recognize him by this miraculous sign. You will find a babe wrapped in strips of cloth laying in a feeding trough. Then all at once the night sky, a vast number of glorious angels appeared, the very armies of heaven, and they praised God singing, Glory to God in the highest realms of heaven, for there is peace and a good hope given to the sons of men. When the choir of angels disappeared and returned to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go, let's hurry and find this Word who is born in Bethlehem and see for ourselves what the Lord has revealed to us. So they hurried off and found their way to Mary and Joseph. And there was the babe laying in a feeding trough. Upon seeing this miraculous sign, the shepherds recounted what had happened. Everyone who heard the shepherd's story was astonished by what they were told. But Mary treasured all these things in her heart and offered, pondered what they meant. What a day, what a night. The two greatest things that ever happened or ever will happen in the world or in the earth, all creation, was the virgin-born birth of Jesus Christ and his resurrection. That's our God. That's our King. You can go find the graves of Mohammed and Buddha or whoever you think might have been a great person, but the grave couldn't hold Jesus Christ. And I think it's interesting, and you know the story about the shepherds. Tradition says probably they were the ones that were looking after the sheep that was offered up in the temple for sacrifice. But I always thought, that's good. He was saying, uh, guys, you're going to be out of a job one of these days because the ultimate lamb was born. And you shepherds be the first ones to go see him. But another side of that to me is the shepherd probably wouldn't have been the greatest vocation. Probably wouldn't have been the elites of the elite. Jesus doesn't overlook anybody. God doesn't look, overlook anybody. What a plan he has. And you know, this time of year, it's so easy to talk about baby Jesus. But you know, there's another side to that gospel. And uh, it took the crucified one to save us. Amen. He had, to, he had to get born, but it took the crucified one. Look at 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 15. We'll read verse 3 through 5. Praise God. Can you imagine God's plan to create us? Oh, and you know, He wrote your name in the book before He created the earth. I mean, He's got such a plan, such a purpose, and, have, and allow God Himself to be born you know why there wasn't any room for him? We've always heard about in the inn, but there wasn't hotels. There wasn't inns as we see them. The inns were kind of like the uh, bed and breakfast. That's why it's just 
somebody in their upstairs room if they had room. That's why. But you know why they were full? God wanted him born in a stable. I don't care. You think you come out from under a rock somewhere. You know, you think your start was bad. His wasn't the greatest, but it was designed by God for a plan and purpose. It was prophesied that way. But here's what the Apostle Paul says. Here's what he says. Let me tell you what the good news of the gospel is. These three verses declare the gospel. For I shared with you what I've received and what is of most importance. The Messiah died for our sins. Amen? Amen. He died for our sins. And then if we accept him, we are forgiven. Well, why do we still remember him? Why does our, those old thoughts pop up? Because there's still a God of this world. And you still got a mind, and I've still got a mind that's not totally submitted over to God, renewed. And those old thoughts will come. But let me tell you, based on the Word of God, we're forgiven. That doesn't mean we can't sin. That don't mean that we don't need to come back and repent. We, ne we do need to come back and repent. He died for our sins. See, the one sin, you can be forgiven of, ever, of sins, but you can't be forgiven of the sin of saying, no, I'll not accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. That's the sin that sends you to hell, saying no to God. You can be forgiven the other things. We ought to confess the other things. God wants to deal with the things, these other sins is what suck life out of us and keep us from being what God's called us to be because we're guilty of, we say, well, I, I know I shouldn't have done that and I just keep going back and doing it over and over again. I'm going to tell you, God wants to deal with that. We talk about whom the sun sets free is free indeed. That's easy to say. Sometimes it hurts to cut that root way out. We're more in the dandelion business. You know, we don't like them on the line, lawn and you can mow them down. But didn't we just mow those? <laughs> A miracle, they're back up. And that's why sin is if you don't deal with the root of it. Jesus Christ come to deal with the root. But I'll tell you about me, you may not, but I have to reckon... I reckon old Gerald dead to sin, but that I'm alive in Christ Jesus. You have to reckon that old nature, that old man dead. Now, maybe you can do it just once. But I don't think you can. Because just some little something will happen. Somebody may just pull out in front of you. I have a pastor... Friend had a pastor friend. He's going to be of the Lord now. He wasn't a swearing man. But he's come in one day and he said, this guy, he just almost had this wreck and just cut him off. And he said, I just called him a dirty word. And he said, I haven't said that word. And I forgot he said 20 years or something. He said, I didn't know it was still in me. I mean, stuff will come out now. We've got to reckon that old nature dead. God came to deal with all of it. 
It wasn't in Jesus. It wasn't in Jesus. He died for our sins, fulfilling the prophecies of the Scripture. He was buried in a tomb, was raised from the dead after three days, as foretold in the Scripture. Then he appeared to Peter, the rock, and to the twelve apostles. That's the gospel. That is the gospel. That's it. But he didn't come to leave us. Yeah, I'm just saved. And so much of the church world, I'm just toiling on. And I, I ran into people. I'm praying for the rapture. And I said, well, you're just selfish. You want out of here and to hell with everybody else. That's what that's about. Listen, he has given us the good news to share. And we're not sharing enough of the good news. And it's not just for the elite. It's for us. We've got neighbors. We've got friends that need the Lord Jesus. We've got family that need the Lord Jesus. And we've got plenty of seats still available this morning for them. I challenge you to ask the Lord. Ask the Lord about that. I'm believing for your husband to come into the kingdom. He gets saved. That's what God is about. That's what the kingdom is about. He's, the Word of God says he has families like flocks. He wants to see the whole family come in. We saw a flock started with this lady and the flock got big too. I mean, God will do it as you believe. That's what Jesus said now. As you believe, so be it. So he's, he's not waiting on us. I mean, he is waiting on us. We can't be just waiting on him. But he wants to deal with the things in, in life, those things that, oh, I don't have time for. Aren't you glad you had time for? We just have to, we, listen, we make time to do what we want to do. The rodeo finals was on a couple weeks ago. I recorded them. I watched them. I made time for it because I like that. 